Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Elton and John's La Liga Weekly. Bordar, Gareth, it's nice of you to make it. How was your round? How odd that the Real Madrid fans <laughs> didn't welcome him back with open arms and a rendition of Men of Harlech. Luckily for Gareth, he couldn't care less. Now, the Barca fans <laughs> do care about their team's style of play these days. I tried to conduct a Twitter poll using my swanky new at John Driscoll 2020 address about which Premier League manager should be sacked next. Only four... Ernesto Valverde to win. Whatever do you mean? They ground out a 2-1 win against bottom of the table Leganes. A couple of set pieces, job done. No one ever complains when Hatafe do it. Actually, you know, they do. Uh, defeat, of course, was a setback for Leganes, who lost ground at Espanyol, who picked up a whole actual point at home. Oh, those lucky Espanyol fans. And Celta Vigo won. Iago Aspas outpacing Santi Cazorla in a hair-raising low-speed <laughs> chase to clinch it. Dissing Santi is nothing sacred. Well, this week was the week when we were finally going to get round to playing proper respect to Osasuna's unbeaten Bernard El Sedar. And they went and lost, so bad luck. Instead, we'll be playing proper respect to Man of Steel in Jackie Williams for his 133 mm. consecutive appearances. The Valencia old boys delivered for Betis and Sevilla won a grisly encounter at Valladolid. But nothing from this weekend was more disturbing than the sight of the weird Arturo Vidal manchild at Butarque. Now then, let's... Uh, <laughs> Quickly plug our, our Twitter accounts. Keep in touch with us at Terry Gibson 88, at John Driscoll 2020, and at La Liga underscore uh, weekly. So, Terry, where shall we start? Shall we start with Gareth Bale? He's been getting a lot of attention, a lot of tweets and social media messages, column inches, as we used to call it. So, the, the disrespectful sign, the Wales, Golf, Madrid, Gareth Bale's <laughs> supporter. I, I don't think Gareth, any bothers briefly anybody in the media. It doesn't seem to give that much of a, of a hoot what anyone thinks about him. Um, I've got to say, I've got little sympathy for him that the Real Madrid fans booed. I actually think he has been disrespectful. I, sometimes fans are, are very picky and, and easily easily wild, but I don't think that's the case. Yeah, but I don't <laughs> think that's the case this time. I think, he's, I think he's been rude to a great football club and I, I think, you know, take your medicine. No, I take I fully take your point. I have to agree because when I saw the pictures of him laughing hysterically, he he knew it was on the flag. He knows that the crowd, the Welsh supporters, have a particular song that they sing those words to, and he knew exactly what he was going to be walking into when he returns back to Madrid. The, the strange thing is, it, it it is really like water off a duck's back, isn't it? It's you know, we've seen players crumble in those circumstances when they warm up and they're getting whistled. When they come on, they're getting whistled. And every time he touches the ball, they get whistled. And for him then to respond with a performance which had probably 50% of the people that, that were whistling him, turning around and clapping him, 
teammates then supported him as well. And I kind of had a different slant on it that do we take the world's of football in particular too too serious that when he saw the flag, was he laughing? It, it was quite funny, but it's not. Did he think it was being disrespectful? We probably didn't put too much thought into it. He seemed such an easygoing bloke, too easygoing at times. And then, as I said, to you know, to produce a performance like he did for the 20, 25 minutes that he came on. And fair play to Zidane. Um, he could have easily have gone with the, the, the tide and, and decided to leave him out of the squad. Then things would, would have escalated from there. But he, he made it clear that he counts on Gareth Bell um, and wasn't afraid to, to put him on. I think if Bell had been fit um, prior to the international break, then he probably would have started at the weekend. So the fact he hasn't played since the last Welsh game um, was the reason, the biggest reason that he was on the bench and not starting. Um, so it, it's a it's a weird situation. It's almost as if Gareth Bell's he's got such thick skin that he's just going to play with them and talk with them and, and just let his football do the talking because we do know that Football supporters, they, they, I'd, I'd like to call them loyal, but there are times when you know that loyalty goes out the window if a player that you, in Gareth Bale's case, you think has disrespected the football club. If he scores the winner in the Classico, then everything's going to be forgiven. So it's, it's an interesting situation and, and one that is of his own doing. Um, but he, he, it doesn't seem to bother him at all. He's, I mean, he's, he gets a lot of unfair criticism in the press in particular. I think they've set him out as a, a scapegoat for everything that goes wrong at, at Real Madrid. Um, and that happens more often than not. I think Courtois has been down that road as well. Um, but at the moment, it's Gareth Bale, and it's always been the case on and off pretty much the last couple of seasons. I wouldn't say the whole of his Real Madrid career. But certainly the last couple of seasons, it, it has been a case of um, he's been an easy target for the press in, in Spain. So they beat Real Sociedad by three goals to one. Sergio Ramos made a mistake early on. Uh, Woody and Jose scored for uh, Sociedad. But after that, Terry, I thought it was a very encouraging Real Madrid performance. Uh, Benzema scored, Valverde uh, scored as well. He gives them good energy. And then uh, Modric on the end of the one that Gareth Bale had, had started down that, that right flank. When they play positively with energy, when Casemiro does his job properly, um, they, they look very good again. Yes, they do. And I, I think that's an important point you make them when Casemiro does his job properly. I think he, he's the at the moment, Valverde, we, we thought they were going to be light in terms of numbers in midfield. Possibly they still are. There's no obvious replacement for Casemiro. Um, but certainly Valverde has, has added to Modric and Kroos and it, it gives... So then the opportunity to rotate those those three in particular, but they are still a little bit light in numbers. If you think they play midfield three normally, and they've only got four, it might be a problem, you know, at some stage during the season. But in general, I, no, I agree with you. I think they're in a, a really good run of form. Their attitude is good, and yesterday it's not easy. We know that the, the Real Madrid are playing well, the crowd are behind them, but we know how easy and quick the crowd turn when they go a goal behind. Things are not going their way. Um, but they responded really well and, and came back. It was it wasn't fortunate in the fact that how they got the goal, but it was fortunate from their point of view that they got back on level terms before the half-time break. And then from then on, there was only going to be one winner. And, and the, the, the form, it, it was an interesting game because the first 10, 15 minutes on the back of that mistake from Ramos, 
and the gold for Willie and Jose <clears throat> that uh, Real Sociedad really attacked them and started really well and, and looked like a team that thought they could go on and, and get all three points. But I, I thought once Benzema scored, then that belief and the mentality from Real Sociedad changed and they, they struggled to really make any impact on the Real Madrid defence from then on. Uh, what do you take? Obviously, since we last spoke, there have been some interesting events at your favourite club of all, Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, would you take Gareth Bale back now that you've got uh, the the grumpy one in charge? <laughs> yeah, I, I would, yes. Yeah, I think if the circumstances were right, meaning i.e. the financial terms were something that suits Spurs, I would, I would love to see Gareth Bale back at White Hart Lane. I still call it White Hart Lane. And it's... I don't, I don't think anything's going to happen, though. I think when you see a player like he did yesterday, why would you let him go if you're Real Madrid? I know they've got numbers in terms of those wide positions, but Gareth Bale is still the best option. If he's fit, if he's mentally right, then you go over a forward line, a front three of Hazards, Benzema and Bale. There, there aren't any better if they're all playing well. So I, I think the easy option would be for the press to speculate that he's going to leave. But I, I, if I was Real Madrid, I'd, I'd, go, I'd wait till the summer now. Uh, I know this is the La Liga weekly podcast, but let's just very briefly take a detour, Terry. Uh, were you happy? It's a bit of a surprise. <laughs> I think there are lots of Premier League managers I would have said I'd sacked before Pochettino. Yeah, no, I I get frustrated at times when there are times of trouble at a football club that that people don't have enough patience. That's the supporters, um, and in particular in this occasion, maybe the you know the, the the people that run the club. I get that where they're coming from in terms of the results, the form this season, the form at the back end of last season domestically, but that's when you need support. You need patience. You need to provide the manager with the tools that he needs to to push the team on again. So from that point of view, I, I was disappointed. And also, the I know it, it's better to have a plan in place, but I, I, I don't particularly like it when I hear that there's been talking behind the manager's back before he's got the sack. Um, whether How long that has been going on for, I don't know. Um, so no, yeah, I was, I'm dis- truly disappointed that Pochettino has left and I think the you know it's it, it pretty soon. I think he's going to be you know taking over another club who are going to get an excellent manager. So with Jose taking over, I'm, I'm open-minded. My my one hope is that he's I believe him to be a really smart, intelligent bloke, and I hope that he's going to not make the same mistakes he has made in recent seasons, and that there is going to be a change, which is what he's kind of promising, um, the humble one, um, but. Can a leopard change its spots? As I said, I'm, I'm relying on being in him being a, a smart, intelligent manager that knows that you know mistakes he's made. Um, he, he has to change slightly. Uh, while we're on, there is uh, we record this late Sunday night. Speculation that Unai Emery could be uh, getting the chop this week as well. So there could be there'll be lots of available managers around that uh, have got a bit of La Liga experience. We'll see what happens with that one. Uh, obviously, obviously, the Barca fans, no, actually not all the Barca fans, quite a lot of Barca fans, Terry, it must be said, want to see the back of Ernesto Valverde. They won, of course. Uh, Youssef and uh, Naziri scored cracking goal for Leganes, their bottom. And, and then Barcelona, good old Wimbledon style almost, you know, you know relying, <laughs> well, 
the importance of set pieces shouldn't be underestimated in modern football. But it is Barcelona, and you're not supposed to get back and beat Leganes by you know the, the the number nine banging one in, and then Arturo Vidal with a, a complicated offside situation scooped one in. He actually scuffed it into the ground, didn't he? Or scuffed it into his standing yeah. leg, and it just it was it was messy. It was in, in the wrong kind of messy. Uh, he had a new role didn't he? <laughs> playing through the middle. It was lacking fluency. It's, it's, it's hard to enjoy at the moment. Well, actually, we, we got some people making comments yesterday and pretty much on Twitter. And pretty much everyone had the hashtag, uh, hashtag Valverde L. And I couldn't resist clicking on it. And, oh my God, it was the, the entire <laughs> game. And, and it, I, it just scrolling down. So it, it's... I, I kind of get it. I, th- I think yesterday was a surprise to me in terms of the the initial team selection, um, where you just got the young and Busquets, and then you had Dembele, Messi, Suarez, and Griezmann all playing. I thought happy days. This would be fun, but it, it looked like something they hadn't played before. And then, just when they were getting their act together at the start of the second half, and they got back to one-one, he then made the substitutions that he was already preparing. So you could see the players getting stripped. They were getting warmed up, getting stripped to come on. And when they score and they were playing better, I thought then perhaps he should should leave this for a little while. You know, they've realised there's a lot more urgency in, in their play. They look up for it in the second half and immediately he made the change. And um, Rakitic came on, Vidal came on, Griezmann went off, uh, Busquets went off. And it went to four three three, and then again later on in the game, it changed back to what you could call the, the what they started with, a four two four, and it, that's so unbars not not like not like a Barcelona setup to be chopping and changing. You could you could say there was three different systems in one half of football. You could argue he got the job done, but they were fortunate um, because of the the way that the winning goal came about. The the Ball ricocheted off a defender, didn't it, into Arturo Vidal, who was miles offside. I couldn't believe at first they were going to VAR because he was six yards offside, wasn't he? But then when you saw the mm. replay, the ball off the corner hits the defender and Vidal was able to tap home from close range. So they scrambled a win. The worrying sign is there's no evidence that this form is, is going to change and and the fact that Busquets is playing one week, not playing the next, being brought off the next game I'm just wondering how you know Valverde is going into these matches regarding his team selection um, I think the two young fullbacks did okay, um, Musa Wage and Junior Firpo I think the attitude particularly in the second half of Barcelona was, was better than the first 45 minutes but it's 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 hard to know. It's hard to see any evidence why Hitch, the hashtag Valverde out is isn't going to continue. On the the nature of the goal. <laughs> well, you with it, Terry? Well done. You'll be on Snapchat. Did, how, you went on Snapchat. What happened to your Snapchat account? Did, did it? Is it still there somewhere? Snapchat. I don't think I've ever Instagram. I've never been on Instagram. I'm not yeah, sure I've done Snapchat. Yeah, I think I think someone set it up for you. Anyway, anyway, uh, there you are, kids. Look I'll speak to my people, John, to get back to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. I right. I don't want a long discussion about this because I don't know the answer. I wonder about that goal because 
Vidal's obviously gone offside, but it's a corner. He's left in there yep. offside. Now, if Ruben Perez deliberately plays that ball, fair enough. I'm not convinced that he has deliberately played it. I think that's just hit Ruben Perez and then bounced to Vidal. Now, if a defender, a defender's got to deliberately play the ball, is my interpretation of the offside law. So if it just hits you and bounces to an opponent inadvertently, I think that's offside. But uh, who knows? Who knows? I, mean, I don't. What I don't want is VAR to suddenly get the rule books out and be ringing round through the referees and having a, a 17 minute chat about it. So fair enough, you know, give the decision, give it quickly. And if in doubt, give the goal. Fair enough. But I, I, I would just raise a question about whether that's a, a legitimate goal or not. Anyway, uh, Zengring Yoda's well, been... He didn't, he didn't play on purpose. Oh, he didn't even see it, did he? He didn't even no, see it, no, Ruben no, Perry. It came over everybody's heads. It's called, doesn't it? Yeah. So yeah no, that, we've had I this see. discussion before. Yeah, I, I, see, I don't think that's a goal. Um, but there, there we are. That's uh, Sorry, Barca fans, I don't want to take it away from you. I know you you feel you need the points. Uh, Zen Green Yoda, Terry, says, uh, he hates to admit it, but Barca still have the superstars to win the big games. I, I did a, another little Twitter poll, because I like a Twitter poll. Uh, who's going to win the league from here? Now, most people still went for Barcelona, but bearing in mind at the start of the season when we did that big poll, and thank you to everybody who joined in for that, nobody said Real Madrid. But now it's creeping back, and, and you know, I think I think it was thirty odd percent of the people who responded say that Real Madrid can win the league from here. So it, it's 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 definitely up for grabs in a way that we didn't think at the start of the season. I think people are beginning to trust Real Madrid a little bit more now, aren't they? We had the the most recent disastrous performance against Mallorca, and that brought all, all the old doubts back. But since then, you know, been keeping clean sheets. They've been making many mistakes. The one from Ramos was an exception. And they're scoring goals. They're, they're big players are in form. Um, and I think we're beginning to trust Real Madrid under Zidane a little bit more than we do Barcelona at the moment. Uh, let's oh, One more question on that before we leave it. Rakitic, I know we discussed Rakitic last week. And if you want to read it, uh, dear listeners, uh, on Football Espana, uh, I, I basically wrote up some thoughts on Ivan Rakitic. Have a look on that, the website there. Uh, but David asked the question, could Rakitic return to Sevilla? Um and what did he make of his performance when he came on? Excellent. He, he always is, John. And, and you know, I think he, he does exactly what you want him to do. He's, he's, a, he's a super talented footballer. Sevilla would love to have him back. He would love to go back. I don't think they can afford him at the moment, though. And I think that the, the reason being is that there will be major clubs in Europe. Um, he's been linked with Juventus, PSG. Sevilla can't compete with those in, in terms of salary. So... His wife is from there. Um, he takes every opportunity he can to visit the city. That's where he's going to end up at some stage of his career, I think. Um, but I think that this particular move, when it happens, will be to a club that will outbid severe in terms of wages. Now then, uh, Atletico Madrid got a 1-1 draw away to Granada, Len uh, Renan Lodi. Scored the goal for Atleti. They were on top at the time, but how many times have we said this? They come away with a draw from a game that they looked as though they should have dominated. Uh, Herman Sanchez, to be fair to him, it's, it's a belter of a header, the equaliser for Granada. Now, um, and you're a little bit of a sceptic. You're not, you're not a dinosaur, Terry, by any stretch of the imagination, but I know you're a little bit sceptical about stats. And I would agree with you on the, the much vaunted, the much loved XG, so expected goals. <laughs> it's complicated if you don't know expected goals. But the expected goals has got Atleti. Atleti will be top of the league. 
uh, on expected goals. They're something like eight points down on the goals that they should have scored. Now, my view of expected goals is that it's a little bit like uh, you've got a recipe, you've got the ingredients, you think you're a chef. Because you're not, because the crucial bit of football is putting the ball yeah. in the back of the net. And that's... that's uh, uh, So expected goals is almost every bit of football other than the bit where you put it in the net. And that is obviously where Atletico keep falling down. Yeah, they start the game off really well. They were on top for the majority of the game. But they, always, they, they just don't seem to get more than the one goal. And there was periods of the game yesterday. They got the first goal from Lodi. I mean, even for the entire first half, they were, they were their play, all-round play was excellent. Granada never had a genuine attempt on goal. Atletico dominated. But it's just that final ball. It's the final movement. It's the final pass, the final cross, which is, is lacking. Um, they have a stri- striker in form in Morata. But then when they get the goal from Lodi, there's part of you thinking... Well, they're, they're going to win 1-0 at the very least. Um, they certainly could do a second to wrap it up. And that doesn't come. And even Atletico Madrid leave themselves open to conceding from a set piece, which is exactly what happened. In fairness to them, they're missing quite a few players. No Sal, no Diego Costa is going to be missing for a few weeks. Joel Felix was on his return back on the bench. No Savage, no Jimenez, no Thomas Partey. But they've still got a, a formidable squad and, and the nature of the game against Granada should have been one where they got all three points. Isn't that's a ridiculous stat about the seventh draw this season? They're still in touch with the top two. But just think if they'd won, you know, three or four of those, they'd be racing clear at the moment. Uh, right, there's plenty more action. Some good games actually in La Liga this weekend. So let's have a little break and we'll come back and do the do the rest. The best of the rest. In fact, we'll do all of the rest, even the bits that aren't very good. When emergencies happen, quick access to medical care can make all the difference. In critical situations, first responders may use an Air MedCare network air ambulance provider to transport you, dramatically reducing travel time to an emergency facility. As an Air MedCare member, you will have no out-of-pocket costs when flown by a network provider. With hundreds of locations across the U.S., we have the largest provider network. Whether you're traveling or at home, your entire household is covered. Protect what matters. Enroll now. It takes thousands of hours to become an astronaut. Right, Nina? Oh, I'm not an astronaut. I'm a design consultant at the Container Store. But you explore space. I help you find space with our Alpha Closet systems. And you're an expert. Pretty good at it. And you use satellites to communicate. I'm doing more virtual in-home closet designs, but I wouldn't say... We salute you, astronaut Nina, for helping us find space. You're welcome. The Alpha Sales Bonus is here. Earn up to $500 in credit now through February 7th at the Container Store, where space comes from. Welcome back. Let's crack on. We'll go to El Sedar. Uh, James was, we, we've had a, a bit of a to and fro with with our friend James over the last couple of weeks about how much time we we, do, we dedicate to Osasuna. He thinks not enough. Um, I think a respectful amount. I respect Osasuna. They've got a terrific home record. They were unbeaten at home April 2018, I think it was, which is fabulous. Uh, Inyaki Williams, the man of iron. Inyaki Williams, but athletic uh, in front, in the, the derby, Chimi Avila, yet again, lovely finish, I think underrated finish, I think. And then uh, Kenan Codro with a with a late winner that Terry 
He didn't fancy celebrating. <laughs> no. And uh, do you know what? I've been looking at his stats. That's only his second ever goal for Athletic Bilbao. It's his second season at the club. He scored last season against Atletico Madrid. Prior to the game to the, against Osasuna, he'd only played uh, one minute this season, as a, obviously, obviously as a sub. He came at half-time for the injured Raul, Raul Garcia and gets the winning goal. And it was, we've seen apologies. We've seen players not celebrating. He was practically running around apologising to every supporter <laughs> in the stadium. And then um, Fran Marida went down with cramp. And of course, the first person to run over and help him out, his former teammate, to try and get back on the side with the Osasuna supporters was Keenan Kodro, stretching his ankle off. And I'm thinking this is a, a, a 26-year-old whose career is stagnating, uh, Athletic Bilbao, um, not getting many opportunities. And when he does get one, he comes on, scores the, eventually was the winning goal, and was was scared to celebrate it. It was, it was it's, I think I find that ridiculous. So, but I mean, it was a, I mean, it's a great result for Athletic. It seems to move above Real Sociedad in the table, which is slightly surprising. Um, level on points, but gone above them. The performance from Osasuna, there was, there was nothing between the two. And Osasuna had a right good go at the end of it. Arasati was putting on attacking players um, to try and get back in on the very least level terms. When they got back from Avila, I thought they were the more likely team to win it. And then just a few minutes, three minutes later, Keenan Kodro, you know, snaps up the winner for Athletic. So... Good result, excellent result for Athletic Bilbao. For Osasuna, the end of that sensational run of form at home. 31 games unbeaten. Um, hopefully they can respond well um, despite losing the derby. Uh, so there was another Old Basque game, which is Eibar nil Alaves 2, Hosilu with a couple of late goals. And the nice touch this week, the, the four managers who are all local boys so they're all Basque managers uh, it's, it's a fabulous footballing region isn't it the Basque country um, brilliant I, I'm not, not necessarily underappreciated certainly not in Spanish football circles and the you know the overseas community that watch Spanish football I think do appreciate that I think outside of people who follow Spanish football I think people don't appreciate the strength the, the remarkable strength of that region of football, uh, and it to me it always shows if if everyone in the area believes that young players will be given a chance to play professional top flight football, it's amazing what you can achieve. And the Basque country has shown us that brilliantly in in recent seasons. Yeah, the players that have been produced as well from that region is is absolutely phenomenal. And we know the story of, of Athletic Club who only play players that are Basques. Um, and the others all seem to, to have plenty of Basque players in their squads as well. So it's, yeah, it's a great region. I mean, it's even even now, I mean, historically, there's always been great players produced from that region. But at the moment, there's, there's plenty of current really good players and in particular young ones as well. So it was uh, the, the point you're making is they met at a restaurant, didn't they? And all four managers. Yes. And had lunch. Um, prior to the this match being a derby, I think there's, I think there's another derby next week as well. Um, they're all under various degrees of pressure, expectation levels, but it, it was a it was a nice touch for them, for them all to, all to get together and have a lunch that 
away from the press. Um, someone snapped a picture. Um, yeah, no, I think that's it was a, a, a really nice thing to do for the four managers to share stories, share their experiences. Um, but I agree with you, it's a fantastic region to, to watch football. Uh, let's lump another couple of games together, Terry, because it's the, the two teams in the relegation zone above Leganes. So, Celta Vigo won. Great result for the new man, Oscar Garcia. Uh, Sisto got a goal. Aspas got a couple. Chukwueze, uh with one goal for Villarreal. So, it was Villarreal 1, Celta Vigo 3. And Espanyol uh, stopped the press, got a point at home. How miserable has it been as Espanyol fans uh, this season? It was an actual goal, actually, that, that they scored. Not an own goal, not a penalty. So, the first one of those in front of their home fans this season uh, to get a 1-1 draw against Hetafe. The stats point very heavily to the teams in the bottom three now at this stage of the season going down. Against that, they've all changed their manager. Now, often when team when clubs change managers, they just desperately cast around and grab any old schmuck who's out of out out of work at the moment. But they, <laughs> they look like de- they look like decent appointments. They 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 all look like they've upgraded the guy who was already there. So there is a little bit of hope. I know it's just a glimmer, but there is hope for these teams down the bottom end. Well, there is because you look at the performance of Celta in particular. It's an excellent victory at VRL. They're a team that are underachieving. I find it hard to imagine that a team with likes of Santi Mina, Hugo Mayo, Denis Suarez, Aspas, Pioni Sisto is the forgotten man at Celta Vigo. It's hard to imagine they're going to get relegated. They needed the win. Oscar Garcia, and, and actually they played really well. Some, some good football played. The type of football we expect from Celta. Espanyol, excuse me, sorry, but a terrible cold. Espanyol have been playing better every game, but the problem is they need wins. They need them quickly. So a home draw against Hatafe isn't the worst result in the world. And likewise, we saw Leganes against Barcelona, top v bottom. For most of the game, there was very little difference. When you look at the quality that they've got, particularly up front, in this very brave way, Oscar Rodriguez, good players that are capable of scoring goals. So you kind of feel that there's, there's, there's somewhere along the line they're going to start getting results. But the problem is they, they're getting cut adrift. Some of the clubs maybe we thought might be relegation contenders have already got a healthy total of points, which those two, I think in particular, Leganes and Espanyol, are going to find it hard now to, to close close the gap. Uh, all of which means a very good result for Betis, who beat Valencia by two goals to one. Valencia endearing themselves this week with a little bit of uh, Photoshop chicanery. Did you see this? They edited Marcelino out of their celebration pictures of oh, the yes, Copa del Rey win. Yeah. Uh, well, what, honestly, honestly. Pete, you know what? This applies across various walks of life. People are too clever for their own good with social media stuff now. They, they think that they can just do anything and that we don't know. We can see what you've done. Why is this now clever? You just caused yourself problems. Which, But then that's Valencia, isn't it? They've just caused themselves problems that they didn't need. And two Valencia old boys... Uh, Joaquin and Sergio Canales. Canales in the 94th minute, and boy, they needed that one, Terry. Yeah, a spectacular goal to win it. Joaquin with a good goal as well. A really good game of football. It, it's tough going for Valencia at the moment. They're up and down. Um, 
it was to be fair to Ruby, he was having a tough time. He decided to give a young player Edgar Gonzalez <clears throat> his debut. He was brilliant as centre back. He was chucking on attacking players to to try and win the game, and they just they actually they deserved to win it. But it, it was it was a really good game of football. <clears throat> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> yeah, it was a really good game. And uh, it was good to see Ruby with a huge smile on his face. Um, right, let's. You're struggling a bit with this, aren't you? Luckily, luckily, it's not a Barcelona weekend, is it? So you haven't had to commentate on six games <laughs> no. of Spanish football over the course of the weekend. Uh, Valladolid nil, <laughs> Sevilla one. Uh, now, tell me, tell me, this is a, a silly notion. Is La Liga? Is the tempo just etched up? Or I just happened to watch a lot of Sevilla games this season. It's it's it was aggressive, played at a good football at a good tempo. Nil one with a penalty from Benega doesn't sound like a fantastic football match, but it was good. Was I, well, I, again, I was entertained by Sevilla. But no, in, in fairness, I think you got a really good point because the four games I've watched today, <clears throat> Osasuna Athletic Bilbao, that was a high tempo game. Abar Alaves was, Villarreal Celta was. But Sevilla, right, did it was the clearly the the fastest, feistiest game of the day. Do you know what I think Sevilla could win the league? Believe it or not. Um, oh, right, okay. I, as I, 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 I don't think they will, because I think I'm going to err on the side of one of the the big two, um, Alaves and Abel. <laughs> Barcelona around <laughs> but I, I think severe I look at them now and I'm looking at every department I'm looking at the size of the squad I was looking at the celebrations of the victory of Vidalids which isn't anything extraordinary but I look at them and think if they can get that belief that they can win a title or go close they might take some stopping because I think actually when they play Real Madrid and Barcelona, I think they've lost to them both already. They might come up short, but I see consistency with Sevilla and I see a squad that's built to be competitive in every position. Um, I think they can grind out results. It's not the Sevilla that we've seen for the last decade or so. It's fast paced. It's aggressive. I think the signings have been outstanding. The one argument might be the, the centre-forward position still. I look at the two centre-backs, Kunde and Diego Carlos. They've been brilliant so far. Solid goalkeeper. Um, everywhere you look, they've got quality. And they've got a style of play. And I, I think if they genuinely believe it, they could go really close this season. Good, good shout. They, yeah. Playing good football, good to watch as well, aren't they? So, uh, yeah, they're good. They got quality. They they know what they're doing. Uh, one more game, then let's let's just uh, finish off with Levante versus Mallorca. So two one uh, to Levante. Uh, Campania sent off at the end, and arguably the goal, certainly the strike of the weekend. I think Terry for Ruben Rochina. Yeah, I, you know sometimes you talk Terry about those stats. I've, there is no yeah. logic how Levante won this game. <laughs> they were yeah, awful. Yeah. They suffered an injury in the first minute, hamstring injury to Malero. Postigo then came off with a hamstring in the 35th minute. Mallorca were all over them for pretty much most of the game. 
and eventually somehow win it due to the good goal from Roger um, and Rochina's spectacular finish. So it was sometimes there's no logic, and it was they they were spirited, hard working, determination. It was a complicated complicated night's work for Paco Lopez and Levante, um, but somehow they managed to get across the line. And Mallorca have got 14 points this season, not one away from home. So if they were going to get off the off the mark, they missed an opportunity on on Friday evening. Uh, one of the beautiful things about football is that the best team doesn't always win. There are <laughs> other games where you can basically grind your way to a victory, but because it's basically because it's hard to score a goal, so you can you can look brilliant, you can do almost everything right. As I said earlier, you can get the you can have the the recipe, you can have the ingredients right, but it doesn't mean that you can put it together and win the game. Uh, which is why it continues to defy statistics, which is one of the reasons that we that we like it so much. Exactly. And that, that particular game sums it up because Mallorca played better football, had more attempts at a goal. Um, Levante went into it with their two first-choice central defenders missing. Then Postigo comes off during the first half. He was the second full substitution. Wachina then picks up a hamstring injury right at the end of the game. Um, Campania gets sent off, so they were down to 10 men and one of those couldn't run around. Somehow they, they scrambled to victory, so it was a testimony to their togetherness, spirit, determination, their their quality on the night was lacking, um, apart from that wonderful strike from Ruben Rochina. But I make you exactly right, it's the action at either ends of the pitch that are decisive. Um, Severe, I thought, were fantastic in Friday, did it? But it came down to the winning goal being a... It wasn't controversial, it was a penalty. And the Masip is clearly off his line. So VAR was worked on both of those occasions, yet somehow Friday did feel hard done by. Um, but it was there for everyone to see the two correct decisions, two correct calls. Um, and Sevilla just about did enough. But you could argue that Sevilla should have won that more comfortably as well. Uh, yes, right, Terry, uh, we will leave it there and rest your, your throat and, and nose and everything else. And we'll we'll have a, a chat again <laughs> next week. Now, at some point, listener, we we, we need to, to find the, the means to, to basically find some means of recording midweek um, podcasts so we can do Champions League ones as well. We're limited on when we can get together and and have uh, studio facilities at the moment. So uh, that's that's one for the future. Somebody asked us about the, the long-awaited, the, the missing Malaga special. Uh, one, day, Malaga. one day we'll get around to the missing the Malaga special. Uh, but for the meanwhile, we'll keep on doing the podcast. So keep on listening. Please share, rate them wherever you listen to them. Follow us on Twitter and keep watching the Spanish football. We'll see you again for another podcast soon. Bye-bye.
Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why didn't you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.